the time we all swam up to the manhole cover, it had been completely sealed over, and we all died. <laughs> oh. One of these days you're actually going to tell a decent joke at the start of this podcast. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> Welcome, my little dirty chickadee. Hello. Welcome back for another tasty morsel of the big damn cast. And literally a morsel. This week, sod all has happened <laughs> in the world of media and comics and movies. Like, there's been... It's a dry spell. Well, it's weird because we're recording this, obviously, before Suicide Squad has come out in the UK, so we can't yeah. see it. Yeah. But we're, yet other we're, people we're have seen it. We're about 48 hours away yeah, from yeah. actually seeing it with our eyes. And pe- people have people have started talking about it because, other, because the press have seen it, but we can't really talk about it because we haven't seen it. We can only talk about the people's reactions to it. So we're kind of in a, a weird in-between... Nothing space. Well, let's 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 address one. We're in thing. the superflow. Let's address one thing related to Suicide Squad because it's pretty oh, damn interesting. Man. So David Ayer, director of Suicide Squad at the premiere, I believe it was. And, like you know, well-known, brash, arrogant, yeah, obnoxious prick. Yeah, I mean, look, just cre- look at look at his reaction. Creative, to anything. creative man. Like, nope. j- come on, end of end of watch is pretty creative. Uh, sabotage. Alright, fair enough. Um, what's that other one from a few years ago? Yeah, he did Fury, actually. Fury? Yeah, but I don't People I, like Fury. I didn't like Fury. I thought it was a little... I don't know. It traded in the emotional core for what was ha- of what was happening for just the look at the explosions. And it was, See what? It was a bit more grit than... than I don't know. A bit more grit than grind. What put me, me off <laughs> uh, for Sabotage, which was the last film I watched, this is the one he did with Arnett, was um, <laughs> it was just it just felt really mean. Yeah, it felt like a, it felt like a you know a, a cruel film. Yes, um, it was nasty. It was a nasty. Yeah, movie. It, it was just something unpleasant about it, uh, which I couldn't I couldn't never quite put my finger on. But that's what's kind of sad about his presence around the press for Suicide Squad. Uh, Hall H, both last year and this year at San Diego Comic-Con, he came across as a massive dickhead. Yeah. Just screaming and bellowing, saying that DC owns Hall H! He did that for the first... All this stuff. But but for the uh, Suicide Squad reveal panel. Mm. Like, for the first one he did it, it it was just really obnoxious. Uh, But he's he's carried that attitude through all the promotion of the film and every every time he's talked about it. Mm. But it hits Um, its peak... This premiere week, yeah, when in um, front of a crowd of people, he at the premiere he yelled the words "fuck Marvel." Uh, it's yeah, not the way to incite no. a sexual encounter, really. No. Um, <laughs> it's not how you do it. You don't. Uh, you got. You got. Not how it works. You got to buy him dinner first. <laughs> you know, dinner and a show. You know, yeah. and spend the whole evening together. Um, um, I but, mean, he's since apologised for it, and he's adamant that. Someone else, um, someone else said it, and I echoed it. And I shouldn't have, uh, you know, big props to all my brother filmmakers. So did he, did he say that? Women make films either. Yeah, that's, oh what, he's, that's what he God. tweeted. Um, oh my! I can't God. look up the exact wording of it because your internet decided to die. Oh well. Um, so we started recording the podcast. But um, helpful. Cheers, internet. Thanks. Um, <laughs> actually, my tablet being terrible. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what he said, and. Um, it's just mm. there's something so like it's like a non-apology. Yeah, it's well, he's, <laughs> I don't, he's, he's not sorry. Uh, well, he's I'm not, not sorry. Really sorry, but but it's it, it's a reflection of this, and I think we're going to talk more about this next week, maybe. But it's a reflection of this attitude that seems to be coming out of the Warner DC camp. 
yeah. that the way we show the quality of our films and how ready we are to entertain you is to slag off the competition. And that's not the way to go forward. Marvel and DC Comics have never been at each other's throats. Like uh, it's well, this is this, this kind rivalry. of friendly rivalry, hasn't it? Well, yeah, maybe not this so much rival- in recent years. This but. rivalry, but that, that's where the whole like distinguished competition stuff comes from. It's like that they survive because the other exists. I mean, at one point, this in the, market yeah, competition needs competition. Is absolutely healthy. Yeah, um, but I mean, and I think the comic point, book, the comic book guys are aware of that. They're like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is good. Oh, yeah, well, oh god, the other guys are selling well. What do we, what can we do to pick up? What can we we'll, do to... We'll do the new 52, that'll work. Um, <laughs> don't know, get rid of it all. Um, that didn't work, let's not do that again. Um, but so, you know, like, r- rival- rivalry is expected, but it's, it's all in friend, it's a yeah, friendly yeah. rivalry. I mean, at one point, the comics, uh, divisions of DC and Marvel, it's back before they were acquired by the various parent companies. Mm. But, you know, the, the companies were, on good enough terms to do a JLA Avengers crossover, yeah, I mean, to do the amalgam b- stuff before, in the mid nineties. Before that, Spider Man and Superman. Yeah, Spider Man, Superman, and two Spider Man, Batman crossovers. Yeah. They were both in There's the early nineties. Batman 90s. Daredevil. Oh, wow! Crossover. Yeah, I'd like to read. Um, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. But everybody, um, everybody getting on because ultimately, our success is your success. Like, if we're successful. You guys either up your game to try and one-up us, yeah. or you guys sell more because more people are going, I like comics, what else is there? And they're picking up more books and more different things. Like That's how it is. Whereas the film mentality seems to be that Disney and Marvel are going, this is so cool, what a time to be alive. We're making superhero movies. Like, oh, this, what a world! These used to happen like once every four years, and now yeah, we're making yeah. like two a year. This is so cool. Two a year, three a year, you get a movie, you get a movie, <laughs> everybody gets a movie! <laughs> Look under your seat. What's that? It's, it's a contract a for a movie. Hey! Everybody gets a movie. Everybody's in a movie. But then DC's mentality has been like, hey guys, um, so we know you like the Nolan stuff. That's cool. But we want to kind of do what Marvel are doing. Um, but better. Ugh. But it's like, the, it's like the but better attitude of a teenager. Like, yeah. It's like they, they take this, they, you get your exercise book from school. You're like, you got to cover your book. So you cover it. You did what I did because I was a, edgy teenager and you cover it in like Slayer album covers and scratch skulls and band logos onto it in black pen that's what they've done with superhero movies Um, guy getting Zack Snyder to direct to to Helmet Mm. who's the most sort of bullshit edgy teenager director in the world And then they got David Ayers to do it, who's similarly budgie, budgie, budgie L shit. He's, he's a budgie. He's, he's a, a budgie right L shit. He's, he's a bullshit edgy teenager. <laughs> uh, basically. It, 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 David Ayers is 48 years old. Oh god. He's 48 years old, and he resorts to, to catcalling fuck Marvel at premiere, because he knows that he's made a movie that's not as good as theirs. And that, right. This one for the conspiracy theorists. Oh, here we go. We are not sponsored by Marvel. <laughs> we do not take <laughs> money from Marvel. We, no one is, is, is telling us to, to talk shit about DC, and we haven't seen Suicide Squad yet. It might be great. I'm hoping <laughs> that there is some stuff in that movie to redeem it, because I, I want to like a lot of things about it until I see Jared Leto and then go, and then I'm a little yeah. sick in my mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt is sat here in a Superman t-shirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a Superman t-shirt. He's wearing t-shirt. Superman on him. He's proudly got... walked around our town wearing it. Yeah, he has not got a Marvel bias. I, I, I mean, hand, well, I've, I've got hundreds of pounds in my back pocket given to me by Kevin Feige. Yeah, well, but, um, no, I'm kidding. I we don't want to dislike this stuff. We no, want it to be no. awesome. I, I, you know, I've always I've always been more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy in terms of the stuff I read, but I still like those characters and those settings. And you know, it, 
You like what they stand for. You yeah. like where they came from. You, I like, like the idea of Superman. I like the idea of Batman. I haven't liked a lot of their recent output, both on screen and on page, but I like the idea of those characters. I like a lot of their classic stuff. You're still like dedicated to the idea enough to have paid for said output. Yeah. Regardless of what you feel of it after the fact, yeah, you've yeah. still put money in the pockets of DC I, and Warner I have done that. I have done that. So you are supporting them... And you want to keep supporting them. Yeah. That is that is pretty much our stance. And, and certainly in the comics sphere, mm. I've talked about this a little. I'm going to talk about it more as I say. I'm, I'm just waiting for all the rebirth stuff to come out. Yeah. So I can do, like. At least well, you like how shot. that started, uh, but that yeah. started really strong, and it seems like they're really course correcting on what they what people have had problems with with the new Fifty Two stuff. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they're kind of starting to do that with the movies because of the footage that's come out for Wonder Woman and uh, less so Wonder Woman but more so Justice League um, that they're going right totally, yeah, yeah. totally we need totally to totally it's, it's wrong uh, maybe we need to lighten things up a little bit um, although they still have a still set up uh, still bugging that they set up a joke in that trailer and don't pay it off <laughs> uh, I hear you talk to the fish Cut. up top anyone, <laughs> anyone? It's like nothing nothing no like <laughs> No giant shark, no would, giant, just nothing. I mean, even that, no would, even that would have been some kind of a punchline. He just goes up top, puts his hand out, and a random fisherman in the in the thing, he just gives him a high five, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like literally an outtake from the movie. Um, but yeah, I, so I, you know, we want we want this stuff to be good. Like, what what benefit does it do to us if Suicide Squad is a bad movie? It means we've spent money on a cinema ticket and we didn't have a good time. I mean, we're going to That's t- no benefit yeah, to anyone. We're going to talk about it regardless. Like, I don't know if it does anything in terms of our audience, whether we're talking shit about a movie or talking good stuff about a movie. We're going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. So, I think I'd rather talk about a movie that's good. Yes. Than the one that's bad, personally. Because mm. um, I can get all excited about it. Mm. Um, That'd be awesome. And... Again, we we're gonna save it for next week. Yeah, but well, looking we at the, it yet. but looking at the early reviews. Oh, it's not doing well. It's so strange. Go back to episode one, and I'm still kind of on the fence about this film. Go back to the last episode about San Diego stuff. We were pretty positive. We were pretty. About it, we were like, I am. You know what? I am looking forward to this now. This like Jared Leto's not sitting comfortable with me, but but I'm sort of geared up, and it goes to show. The power of marketing when it's done right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the last two trailers, the SDCC one and the character promos, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh god, I'm on board. And, it, and I'm looking forward to this. And having read the reviews and seeing a lot of the negative feedback seems to be the stuff that we expressed concern over. It's originally. taken a pummeling. I think it's taken more of a pummeling critically than Ghostbusters that actually. Did. Oh, it's taken, like Ghostbusters mm. is still pretty positive. It's positive to mixed. Yeah. Um, Suicide which is, Squad which is, is, is odd for something that negative. was in the run-up. I don't think Ghostbusters was ever going to... I think a lot of the stuff about Ghostbusters wasn't from critics. It was from people going, there's women in my movie. Or, <laughs> oh, which side. is not a legitimate criticism. It's not. Or the more legitimate criticism, which is why they're remaking a classic movie. Which, to be fair, I haven't got a problem with remakes. Because if they're bad movies... Mm. They're bad movies. They're, they're bad movies and they're still yeah. the original. Like, whatever. And some remakes... Very, very, very rarely can improve on the original concept, like John Carpenter's thing, um, which is probably my favourite movie of all time. But I don't think Ghostbusters was ever 
in danger of getting that same critical drubbing because it was coming from proven comedy ta- proven mm-hmm. comedy talent yeah um, a proven a proven comedy director and it was a concept that was always going to bring people in and I think they approached it in a decent way a lot of it some of it didn't work for me but for the most part I actually really enjoyed it hmm. and I don't think most critics had any problem with it no like with the like the worst critical stuff I kind of saw I was like it. It's a bit messy, but it's Rich, fine. Richard Roper dragged it through the hedge a bit. Yeah. Was just sort of, he was basically just like, this was an exercise in pointlessness. Red Letter Media savaged it. Yeah. Uh, did you see yeah, little, savaged little it. side note? Did you see their Scientist Man Explains no, Ghostbusters? I haven't watched it. Because it, 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 it boils it, down mm. to them basically saying that all the media around the negative reaction to the trailers uh, neglected the fact that when you mathematically look at the down votes and comments and this, that, and the other, out of all the people who watched the trailer as of last week, only like 1.5% of people said something horrible about mm. it. So it goes to show that it is really a like tiny him. minority who are very loud. Well, or the internet, a tiny minority. Like that. Or a tiny minority whom Sony allowed the biggest podium to talk from. Yeah. Um, but so, likes and dislikes yeah. as a metric on how on a video's quality is. Near useless. Yeah, it was Jack shit. Near I mean, useless. I mean, our our Ghostbusters review when we did it on YouTube, uh, official CDJ, go give it a watch. Um, got a giant amount of dislikes. Yeah, almost immediately, and it seems it was just because people watched the first five seconds, saw that we quite liked the movie, and then decided, no, you're wrong. That's not how that works. Got some great comments. In there. We got some really wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to go into that, but I feel that one commenter in particular would probably snap my head off. Uh, well, um, uh, mostly just because you know he's hungry. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> oh, so, so there are some there were some more colourful ones which I didn't even allow to be put on the oh. page because I was like, wow, young viewers can still see this. I would rather them not see what you've written. You yeah. dirty bastard! You dirty man. But uh, yeah, they were, so. they were probably twelve themselves, though. <laughs> God, I imagine David Ayer. Kind of, it's that kind of. Tone. It was David Ayer. <laughs> it was all David Ayer. He's forty-eight-year-old man who likes to throw shit at other movie companies because he knows his movies aren't as good. I, I really it. hope it is, though. I really yeah. hope there's some good stuff in Suicide Squad. I want it to be, and it, it's been fun seeing. It's been fun seeing Will Smith do the rounds, doing promo this last week as well, just because it's fun to see Will Smith doing promo. I mean, I haven't seen End of Watch, but it was almost universally well regarded. Hmm. Fury was mostly well regarded. I have seen Sabotage, and that was dog shit. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping it leans more towards the Fury and End of Watch end of his well, work end, end of Sabotage. End. I think it's again totally because End of Watch is great because it is frightening and uncomfortable. And Suicide Squad isn't advertising itself as an uncomfortable, gross, like, unnerving movie. It's advertising itself as a good time with the bad guys. But a lot of the reaction is, this is unpleasant. Yeah. And and not not the bad guys. It's not the bad guys who are unpleasant. They're too good to be unpleasant bad guys. Like, the story story muddies itself, apparently. Like, it goes in saying, like, these guys are the worst of the worst. But by the end, it's like, these guys are basically heroes. They're just misunderstood. It's like, no, no. But, again, one bit of feedback that's come out said that it means that the only villain who you are genuinely like, oh, yeah, they're a psycho, they're a nasty piece of work, is the Joker. But he's not shiny and important or like sort of prominent enough in the movie to warrant being in it I'd, look, we'll, we'll wait till next week we'll yeah, both see when we it. have a chance to watch it and, and we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a YouTube review and then I think we'll go in depth on the podcast yeah uh, but yeah, we have to 
Yeah, which which will be a week after the release, so that's enough time for you all guys to have seen well, we'll it. Well, we'll have some we'll have some review thoughts, and then we'll get a podcast yeah. out. By Jiminy tweets. Um, but yeah, and David Ayer has, has responded <laughs> to the criticism in a in a you know typically classless way. Uh, by what are you talking it. about? It was really classy. He posted, he posted a quote in foreign quote. <laughs> That's classy. Like, oh, what did it go? I um, I'd rather live. I'd rather die on my knees than die on my feet than live on my knees. And <laughs> um. It's like I made this movie. I'm really proud of this movie. I made it for the fans. Greatest time of my life. I don't, I don't want to like spoil things for you, David. But I think it's a lot of the, the fans who, who don't like this <laughs> movie. You can't like if the fans, fan, DC fans and Suicide Squad fans seem to be a lot of people who don't like this kind of thing. The way they're going with it, um, because of the bastardization of the comic book characterizations. So then you're only really talking about fans of your own movie. Well, you, you can't make a movie for fans of the movie if the movie doesn't exist yet. <laughs> like, you can't make a movie. For what are its you talking own about? Fans. DC owns Hall H. You can't. We, we own this shit. They own this shit. Um, so so yeah, if you he's... don't agree, then you're a pussy. Who are you, Thomas Wayne? Thomas Wayne isn't a pussy. But then Thomas Wayne punches muggers in the face. David Ayers also came out and said, and, and talked <laughs> about welcome to the DCEU. He talks about how much of a, <laughs> of a DC Comics fan Zack Snyder is, and how much of a great director he is. So he's also done some damage control for him on that front. Oh dear. Um, what I like about the okay, so David Ayer has basically fucked up a lot, done damage control a lot. Zack Snyder has up a lot, undone damage control a lot. Cast members like Jason Momoa have fucked up a lot, and Warner's has had to sort of do very soft damage control around them. <laughs> Yet the one per the one name attached to all these movies at the moment, aside from Dwayne Johnson, who I don't think we're ever going to see him as Black Adam. Well, I don't Shazam's think it's ever going to come out. It's never going to come so out. So can Marvel grab him real quick to play somebody? Pretty please. Oh, who would he play? Who would Dwayne dude? Johnson dude's play? a charisma machine. You could make him. You could make him freaking. What's that? What's that hairy dude? He's sort of like orange, and he looks like a lion. He's mostly in Thor stuff, and like Hulk. He's a big hulking dude. Ulick. Is he talking like about? No, Ulick. Who's my troll? Ulick's troll. Who am I on about? He's talking about the Griffey. Maybe. What I'm saying is, you could cast that's, Dwayne that's Johnson. A super obscure villain. You could cast Dwayne Johnson as a super obscure villain, and that super obscure villain will be on lunchbox. Would you cast? Would you cast Dwayne Johnson as Craven the Hunter in a Spider-Man film? <gasps> Yes! Oh! Right, look, do you know what that... <laughs> funny enough, we're going to answer... We're going to answer a few questions that you guys out there sent us the other week. Uh, and one of them is about that. It's about castings. So we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. Hold okay. on to that thought, because All good right. God, I think you've answered a question perfectly. Jesus wet, that is great. Right, moving on, real quick, real quick. Oh, oh God, that's great. Um, the only other person other than Dwayne Johnson who I, I, I know is attached to these movies, apart from maybe... Um, oh gosh, who's the director of Wonder Woman? Uh, Patty Jenkins. Is that it? I think so. She's the lady who directed Monster. I need to look it up. Um, like, like she, when I heard she was attached to Wonder Woman, I was like, oh, cool, okay, like, yeah, cool choice. But James Wan is meant to be directing Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. I like James Wan. I think he would handle sort of the otherworldly elements of, you know, undersea, you know, um, cities and, and like the aquatic villains and everything. I think he'd handle that quite well. James Wan a sandwich. Uh, I, don't you wanna wanna sanker? Um, doesn't make sense. Uh, but James Wan has had to do damage control for his own movie before it even yeah. is in production. It's really Because strange. after Batman v Superman, he had to come out and say, don't worry, Aquaman's going to be fun. 
And then Warner's have obviously gone, could, could you maybe not say that, James? Because it makes it sound like you're not supporting what but, we've just done, But they've James. created such a toxic atmosphere around mm. their own output that I don't know what else... What else they can do? Like so they've odd. they've really It's so odd. Like, Warner Brothers kinda of shit the bed. Because <laughs> not And it's too late to change the mattress. Yeah, they just they just keep <laughs> That's making... the problem. They've changed the duvet, they've changed the they've changed the, the, the sheets, they've changed the pillowcases and the mattress cover, but then they've realised they don't have yeah. the budget for a new mattress. So they've got the same shitty mattress. And they're just trying to cover it up, but that shit stink is just just coming through, man. They're so drunk. They've turned it over like eight times. The shit is still there. They're so drunk, and they're vomiting in their own bed, but they're so drunk at this point that they don't care, (laughs) and they're just sleeping. It's like... While you've got people like James Wan at the edge of the bed going, I mean, I could, if you want, I could get you a new, I could get you a new cover. I could change the cover (laughs) for you. Is James Australian? He's New Zealand, I believe. Okay, all right. I got it. I'll let that slide. I can't do. I can't differentiate between the accents. Not because racist. not because I'm racist, but because if I'm trying to no, learn, because you're racist, but because you're racist. If I'm trying to learn the accent, I I haven't figured it out yet. I need to sit down and listen to the two accents and listen to the specific cadence. Okay. I know the New Zealand accent is a lot softer uh, than the Australian accent. The Australian accent is broader. The New Zealand one is a, is a lot more uh, reserved. That's very interesting. But it's here. absolutely material to what we're talking about. It is well. <laughs> Flight the Concords. Um, there you go. We're not New Zealand. The no, but if they suddenly teamed up again and wrote music number musical would numbers in, for the DC movies, the DC movies would instantly be improved. <laughs> would they be in the the oh my god, they could be. Um, they could be Booster Gold and someone else. Blue Beetle. <laughs> yeah, Blue Beetle. There we go. But, ha- but have a which one? Movie. Which one is? Um, well, let's make Jermaine Blue Beetle Jermaine just because. Just because Blue Beetle shouldn't be like six foot five, <laughs> and it would be hilarious. He should be. Jermaine Clement as Blue Beetle. And make um, make the dude who's their manager the Guardian, just cause. Um, well, um, that Greg, Greg Proops. No, not Greg, Greg Proops. He's what? in Fight the Concord, isn't he? Yeah, he's not their manager. He's, he's, he's like a label guy. I'm sure I've seen Greg Proops. I do like, like Greg Proops. Oh my god, cast, cast Greg Proops in everything and I'll be happy. Oh, what could Greg Proops play in Greg, DC Cinematic Universe? Greg Proops should be... Should he be? He should, should be Maxwell Lord. <laughs> no, Martian Manhunter. Oh, Greg Proops is Martian... <laughs> <laughs> like it's not perfect casting but it stretch the imagination but that's why it would be brilliant but tell him to do it specifically using the voice he does for that one of those commentators for the pod race just so he's constantly really happy um, I do like David Harewood's Martian Manhunter from Supergirl actually so I would, I would like. No, to see but Matthew, something. that would require the foresight to to, to merge but, your TV universe into but, your movie universe. But we'll never see Martian and bring Man a bunch of characters we like. No, because that's David, as David Goyer. Goyer says. Oh God! If you know who Martian Manhunter is, David Goyer's another one. You've never been late. David Goyer's another one who's I actually think, really I don't really think similar. he's involved with them anymore. I honestly well, don't think he's. I think they've gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a, door, if he wasn't like a story advisor. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a story advisor. Yeah, I mean, but he has to tell good stories. Do that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I don't know, David Goyer's written some... I mean, co-wrote Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Yeah, and, and... didn't he write Supermax? Uh, I, I mean, they don't, that kind of never got made, but... That was the Green that's Arrow the Green, film, Arrow, Green film. Arrow in a prison, and yeah, he has to, to get out with the supervillains, yeah. which may or may not apparently be the plot of the Batman solo movie, yeah. retooled into Arkham Asylum. So it's... I mean, yeah. it, it, it might be called, like, Batman Arkham Asylum, so everyone will be like, oh my god, so it's like the game, or oh my god, it's like Grant Morrison, but... In reality, it's just the retooled Green Arrow screenplay and Ben Affleck's giving it a once-over. Which is sort of a massive disservice to Green Lantern. (laughs) That was good.
<laughs> on that, I think we'd have to leave DC behind because yeah, we're, we're not going to get on a higher note than that, um, or the, or for that matter, a lower note than that as well. On uh, speaking of low notes, though, <laughs> oh, remember Disney Infinity? Oh, no, yeah, you don't have to sad. say it. I'm sad. Disney um, Infinity, for those who don't know, um, is uh, the reason to live. We'll be perfectly honest; it's brilliant. And it was a reason to live, and then Disney killed it. Because, yeah, because the Toys to Life. Um, portion of the market got a little saturated. Yeah. Um, Disney Infinity, for those who genuinely don't know, uh, I, I'm sorry that you don't know because it is full of joy and wondering. It whimsy. is full of joy. It is a game where it was three games, uh, all the same, but they just each new one introduced new, like, I- ideas and different expansions to, so to how the world works. The first worked. one was just, like, Disney movies. Yeah. The it's... second one introduced Marvel characters, the third one introduced Star Wars characters. Yeah. And, and you'd get sprinklings of new characters, and the characters were in the form of, Figures like little statues, which on their own are gorgeous little They're statues. They're really nice. They're and really some of the nice ones sculpts. that they were going to make for the next game that now is it was Doctor Strange out. and characters like Doctor that. Doctor Strange, we were talking about twelve-inch ones. Oh, like big ones that lit up like a big twelve-inch Darth Vader. Oh wow! Um, they wouldn't fit on the game board, surely. I think they might have to do a new portal. Uh. Um, but <laughs> but but that's the thing. People collected the people did buy the statues yeah, just yeah. for the statues, yeah. and and it, uh, I really like, I've got a Hulk, and I really like him. I've never used him in the game. Actually, like the Hulk thing. It's gorgeous, isn't it? And, and then they're, they're basically the idea is you put the characters on a gamepad, and you can play as the characters in the toy box, where you create your own levels, your own um, like challenges, your own challenge maps. Like the, the, with each game, the toy box worlds got much more expansive, much yeah. bigger. You could create bigger things, and then upload them online so other people could play your levels. You could download other people's levels and play theirs, and also. So a lot of character packs, double figure, double figure packs came with levels akin to the property or the story or the film those characters are from. So if you bought like Star Lord and Gamora, you could play a Guardians of the Galaxy storyline set out in space. Or if you got the starter pack for the first game, you could play a Pirates of the Caribbean, a Monsters Inc., and an Incredibles mission. It was great. It was so cool. And each story mission was roughly two to three hours worth of content on the surface. And then all the mini missions and mini games within that and the collectibles made it at least sort yeah, of like, spent, set, like six, seven hours. If you, if you ploughed through one, it's like six, seven hours solid, which for a family game is great. Between the Monsters Inc. stuff in the first game and the Avengers stuff in the second game, I've spent easily around ten hours between the two. It's amazing. Plus like three or four hours in, in both Infinity 1 and Infinity 2 just messing around in the toy box building stuff. Plus games aimed at the family and yeah, young children. Absolutely. Young kids could pick absolutely. these up and get it. They're very kid friendly. They're, They're brilliant. Which is friendly. so rare. It's so rare outside of Nintendo that consoles like take to that audience and cater for them. Um, but the thing is that the games that have been doing that have been Disney Infinity but also the accidental downfall of Disney Infinity which is things like Skylanders well, Skylanders was what started it. That's the one that kicked it off. Amiibo. Amiibos. Nintendo, which, which is, like, it's something that they're, and then they're still sort of figuring out new things to yeah, do with them. Yeah, because not all they? Amiibos work in all games, but Amiibos do work across multiple games, but they do different things in different games. It's never really made clear what games, what does what in. But when um, people are partying with their hard-earned cash, a lot of people seem to be going more toward Amiibos. Or, or the dedicated Skylanders buyers have been going for the new versions of that over what time. Because really it sells killed, quite what well. Really, well, not anymore. Really? What really killed oh. everything was Lego Dimensions, and there we have it. That's the end. That's the end of end of all things, basically. Yeah, Lego Dimensions came in for better or for worse, really. But the year Lego Dimensions came in, the sales across that sector didn't get bigger. Yeah, so the sales were staying the same, and there was more competitors. So Disney were just Disney cashed out. Like, yeah, this probably isn't going to work. We'll, we'll give us take a step back. We, which we, is a real shame. We are done. We take the money and yeah. run. 
Um, I mean, they already cut some stuff from... Because there's Rebels figures for Disney Infinity 3 mm. from Star Wars Rebels, but there's not the Rebels level pack. They were originally supposed to be a Star, uh, Rebels level no, pack. That was going to be an upcoming thing with like yeah. a couple of new figures um, and stuff. We've still got the last couple of ones that were released for 3, which was like Alice and Time from the uh, Alice through the Looking Glass. And the mm. There's a Civil War one as well, wasn't the Civil, there? The, the Battlegrounds like pack was... With like, a, with like a new Captain America figure. Well, the Battlegrounds pack's apparently really good because it... Mm. You, it was that was the thing that nearly made me buy three. I never got around to buying three because well, I was still having so much fun in number two. You could use all your Marvel characters on it, mm. all of them. Yeah, um, including the ones they knew, like they released a Black Panther for it, they released an Ant Man for it, they released an Ultron for it, they released a Hulk Symbiote Spider Man as well. Symbiote Spider. Um, it came with a Winter Soldier cap, mm. a um, mas- maskless cap. Yeah, and it was maskless chaps. It's like it's like, it's like the. Um, <laughs> pose from the Winter Soldier where he's got the shield, he's holding the shield. Yeah, oh, like the like the one, like the the, the Captain America exhibit, like the, the, no, from no, Winter no, Soldier. No, 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 where it's like um, I was on like the promo images and stuff. The promo, yeah, the promo images from, from Winter ah, okay. Soldier where he's like he's got the mask off, he's looking down, and he's he's holding the shield in front of him in both hands. Gotcha. Um, but in a cartoony form, the art style was gorgeous yeah, as well. Really nice. Art it was style. it was because obviously what they must have done when they approached it from the first game is they looked at the Disney and Pixar art style. Found a happy medium where all of them could still look like the characters they're based on, but have its own thing where all of them fit in the same look. And then when it came to number two, and they started expanding, they started doing more. Like obviously, there's live action characters. The first one, like Pirates and Tron and yeah. things like that. When it comes to number two, and they start adapting comic book characters, uh, cartoon characters, and film characters, all from Marvel stuff. Yeah, so they found money. ways to make them still look like they belong in that. Style as well, like you can really you can have a Thor figure next to a like Captain Barbosa figure, and they look like they fit in the same world. It's so good, and all the expanded characters and all the extra little characters. Like you're playing around in the Spider-Man world, and suddenly you can put like White Tiger in your toy box. Mm -hmm. You can put Luke Cage in your toy box. We never got Luke Cage figure, did we? No, we never did. No. Well, that, that was weird because he was like he and White Tiger were like the only two regulars from Ultimate Spider-Man the cartoon yeah, that didn't I get figures. Spider-Man Luke Cage. I want an actual Luke Cage. Yeah, actual ah, Luke but that's Cage. the problem. All the Spider-Man figures are based on Ultimate, yeah. which is a shame. We got an Iron Fist, but it was Ultimate Spider-Man Iron Fist. Mm. I mean, he still looks like Iron Fist though. Uh, he's got that and, and Sp- Spidey looks like Spidey, and and Venom looks like Venom. Um, Green Goblin, however, looks like it's, it's the Ultimate one. So it's sort of ultimate, it's a Goblin creature with some. Um, in, incredible Hulk esque Marvel now yeah, armor the over the top Hulk of him. Stuff, yeah, that's yeah, funny, yeah. yeah. Um, and and the Nova's pretty good. The fact that Nova is a figure. I mean, it was always going to be Sam Alexander Nova anyway, because hmm. that's who Nova is now. But it's still pretty cool right. that Nova is an yeah. action figure yeah. made for a major retailer for a big company like Disney that people were buying. Yeah, because I I saw it. There was, and this is this is the saddest thing for me is that this has opened up a big well of creativity for kids because mm. I think like the level creation of the toy box over the last few years has been something that kids have really got into I've downloaded level packs where they're actually kind of you can see the spark of the idea but they're kind of simplistic and you have to wonder is this a younger player who's I mean, tried it because if so I'm going to play their level I'm going to like give good feedback if I can I'm mm-hmm. going to let them know this is awesome um, and then you get some like you know Mario level creator-esque near impossible toy boxes to play in where you get absolutely slaughtered the moment you yeah. arrive um, which is even more fun if you can suddenly take on a load of gigantic robotic henchmen and omnidroids as Rapunzel with a frying pan yeah it's not? bloody brilliant I've never I've never you'd never dreamed in a million years you could play a game where like Jack Skellington teams up with Loki it's like these are things that happen 
I've had Mickey Mouse fighting alongside Captain America. This is a thing. <laughs> and it's not all bogged down in Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Which is yes, nice. yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, do you know what? Maybe that would have been. Uh, they wouldn't have been the thing that saved it, but that would have been definitely a good um, money maker if they'd have continued down the line. If they'd done a Kingdom Hearts level pack, nope. where you have like Sora and King Mickey or something, nope. that would have been cool. No, nope. that would have been cool. Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. And but I said that as someone who enjoyed the first Kingdom Hearts. I game. enjoyed Kingdom Hearts when I first played them. On my replays, See, I do I'm want to go back and play Final fun. Mix. Uh, I'm having I'm having much less fun on my replay, oh, mostly due to the camera, the camera, the camera, and the rate of enemies like appearing, spawning, and stopping you from continuing is the most frustrating thing. See, in the I whole did everything world. on that first game. Mm. I did it, everything. Yeah, on the on the PSD version of that first game, so I know that game real well. Mm. So I'd be interested to go back to it and see how that much that applies. Maybe you can maybe you can defeat Oogie Boogie for me because I'm stuck, but. Uh, <laughs> I did. I played a good chunk of um, the Chain of Memories as well, but the GBA version. Yeah, not the version that's on the PS3 release. I don't. That's, I don't that's remade in 3D. I can you play it on the PS3 Chain of Memories? Yeah, Chain of oh, Memories yeah. reloaded. Which, which one is it that's on it's, there? That, there's another one that's on there that's just the cutscenes. Three fifty-eight over two days. Which was a DS game. PSP. Was it? I think so. Oh, well, I, I thought, I thought that'd be a port. I mean, um, no, going the, down no, the, the Kingdom Hearts rabbit hole is not a thing we want to do right no, now because no, no. they're all a bunch of games fall for different platforms with real stupid names. Yeah, but essentially, Disney Infinity, this wonderful well of imagination and creativity for young children. Uh, Disney Store. This one time, I saw a kid like it was after Christmas. They must have been mm-hmm. spending vouchers, and they bought like seven or eight Disney Infinity figures, and they looked so happy. And it was character. It was obscure shit. It was like Olaf and Iron Fist and Nick Fury. And freaking, um, oh god, who's Anakin's apprentice? Uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. And it's like, they looked so happy mm. holding these obscure ass characters. And I was like, this is amazing. This kid wants to army build and play as all of these people. The Star Wars so cool. looks so great as well. The designs are beautiful. Yeah. And then with number three, this was the thing that nearly made me get number three, actually. Number three, they finally did Minnie and Mickey together. Yeah. It was a two pack with Minnie and Mickey. And the design is gorgeous. Because mm. I've got Wizard Mickey from the first one. And I was like, oh my god, these are beautiful. And I never picked up Donald for number two. I always wanted Donald. Jasmine was rare. I think Jasmine was a rare one that you had to really I've sort seen of hunt her about for. Quite a bit. I'm going to have to get Jasmine because we got Aladdin, but we didn't get Jasmine. Mm. Um, I want to make him kiss. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Um, but the game has come to an end because of finance and Lego Dimensions kind of making the market sparse. Sticking the knife in. It looks like essentially what Disney have done is they've, they've pre, they've preempted a drop in profits. Now, again, for good, for better or worse, Lego Dimensions, fantastic property. I do not have the finance to indulge in it. I don't have the interest because they have a lot of it. They have a lot of properties. Mm. I would like to, I would none like, of the ones I'm interested in. I would in. like to get the main game pack and play the main game because mm. you go through a bunch of worlds as part of the story and you meet characters like, you know, the Doctor and, and Emmett Brown and, and, and the Portal like stuff. Like you meet all these characters in the main campaign. Mm-hmm. But then I could see myself going, oh, I'll get this level pack and oh, I'll get this level pack and, I've I've spent a lot of money and invested a lot of time into Disney Infinity, and I feel like that has been very rewarding, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. I don't feel like I've been just shelling out money to a company because, in essence, that's what we've been doing. We've yeah. been giving Disney wads of cash, giving Disney the biggest entertainment company in the world more money. But I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I don't regret it. And I feel like with Lego Dimensions, I'd just be doing the cycle anew, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm an Infinity boy, and it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well. Fuck Warner Brothers. <laughs> hey! 
Sorry, apologise immediately. And I echoed it. Oh right, that's fine. So it's then. fine. Um, um, you know, you'd rather you'd rather die on your feet. You know what I'm saying? I'd ra- yeah, I would. I would rather die on my feet than on my knees. Yeah, stupid thing to say. But, I'd rather not die. How about that? So um, the email went out to we unhappy few in the Disney Infinity community. Uh, this recent, this last week, actually, wasn't it? Basically in, saying... Yeah, your internet's working again, so I'm going to pull it up now. But yeah. um, it's basically warning us that all the online features of the game are going to start disappearing. And for some versions of the game, like the Steam and mobile versions, that means the game itself. Yeah. Um, because the, the mobile versions particularly were... Um, you didn't use the figures. You had little codes that came with yeah. the figures that let a lot of them in that game. Or you could just buy the, the, the figures as, like, DLC. Because uh, you weren't actually buying physical figures. Um, so you can't which also buy... Means if, which also means if you're eBaying your cards, for example, may as well, because I've seen people do that, so people can have digital versions of the characters, maybe stop, because there's not going to be any market for that now. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to want them, no one's um, going to need them, and it's not like you can go, but it's rare, it's an unused digital card. People are like, there's no way I can check that it's unused, so what's the point? So, so basically, if you've got Disney Infinity 2 mm-hmm. on the, the PC or mobile, you can't buy anything in game for that now. Yeah. And on September 30th, all the, the mobile and the PC games are disappearing. Yeah. They're gone. They'll be gone. You'll be able to play them again. If you've got it already on Steam and on your mobile, you've got it, but yeah. you can't get it again from that point on. Yeah, won't be able to download it again or anything. She is dead. And on, she is dead. on the March 3rd, on March 3rd, 2017, all the online services and community features for Disney Infinity, so downloading toy boxes that people have made, uploading, uploading your own toy boxes, yeah. all that stuff, it will be discontinued. So basically, we've got any online trophies. Got to get them by then. Got to so get them by March. We have basically what seven, eight months ish, nine, nine months to take full advantage. If you're a Disney Infinity player, or you've ever wanted to give it a try, and you go in and picking up pre-owned ones, like or you know. You know, you want to borrow a copy of somebody for the next nine months. Enjoy it as much as you can because you'll still be able to play the level packs and everything after this. But as far as making toy boxes to share, mm-hmm. the end is nigh. Enjoy it, team. Bloody enjoy it. It always makes me sad when they shut down stuff like that because mm. it feels ahead of it. It feels premature, doesn't it? And there's no way to really preserve that kind of stuff. No, like um. Like all the MMOs that go offline and stuff like that, there's a, there are scenes dedicated to trying to bring to like emulate those servers. But yeah, it was like the original Warcraft and stuff, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's things like that, and, and that's you know that's the saddest part. But console is going to be it's too tough to do, yeah. and it's also going to be kind of sad for brick and mortar game stores because a big part of their pull for the younger customers as well is figures from these games. I don't know, like having worked in a in a brick and mortar game store, that shit just takes a lot of space. Like okay. I was working at a game store around the uh, the time of um, Tony Hawk Ride. Oh Christ! And rock band and Guitar Hero. And it's it's most, and we just had tons of that shit. <laughs> now, albeit these individual items don't take up as much space as the band games did, which have also made a comeback recently. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of mm. them, and they're not shifting. I mean, the, the one of the Maybe reasons they're... I heard for the from Disney pulling it as well is that sales weren't expected. Like they made this is an this is an anecdotal figure. I don't know if I've ever had official confirmation on this, but it's from um, a story that Patrick Kleppitt wrote over at Kotaku about the, the downfall of Disney Infinite. 
Apparently they made about two million that, cult that, figures. That sentence alone is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. The downfall of Disney yeah. Infinity. Oh, but apparently, they apparently made. About, I mean, it contradicts itself. The downfall they, of Infinity. They they apparently made about two million Hulk figures and only sold a million. I mean, so yeah, that a makes million sense. unsold Hulk figures. Just if you'd have, if you'd have sold the Hulk back in say the summer of two thousand and twelve, yeah. he would have sold like freaking gangbusters. And they made a bunch of Yondu's and all bought Yondu and shit like that. No offense, but it's Yondu. Yeah. I mean, we've got we've got Yondu, we've got Ronan because I put them on my Amazon wish list, and one week they both dropped down to six pounds. So I went I think... twelve quid to complete the Guardians. Okay, boom. I'm gonna have a quick look at Amazon now and see if any of that's just going cheap. I think I what, think, I think what game stores and HMVs in the UK need to do is they're not, not discounting their stuff at all. They're discount, they, but they, they should do Disney Infinity two stuff, but they're not discounting Disney Infinity they, three stuff. I understand that for three because I guess it is still current enough, but. What they need to do is they need to knock the one and two characters down to like two for ten pounds. Yeah. Because then they'll sell. Like if I'm an HIV well, and I, if I'm an HIV and I'm like, oh look, there's Jasmine and who else have I not got? To be fair, two? I've got I'm all the Marvel Hulk. ones from number two. So I'll be like, oh look, there's Hulkbuster. I can't use him, but he's a pretty statue. To be fair, a lot of those places have actually sold through their one and two inventory. Big Asda mega stores do good deals on them, actually. Actually, yeah, I was at Asda, the Asda in Trafford not long ago mm. when I got the Walmarty Asdas, the, the massive ones, and Hulk. I think for like six pound each. You think I need, I need to go back oh. there and pick up Loki and stuff? Hey. Um, I want to get me out. I, I want to get the Spider Man stuff, but I need to get the level packs. Yeah, Spider Man's Spider Man's a good level pack actually. It's pretty fun, and you can use Hulk and. Who else is it that crosses over into Spider-Man? It's Hulk sure. and Iron Man crossing oh, over into okay. Spider-Man. Iron Man crosses over into them all then, because he crosses over into Guardians. Well, he's with the starter, so I think that was their way of sort oh, of yeah, going, of course, of course, here you go, everybody, you've got a character that can play in all of them. Um, um, that way, if you bought the starter pack instead of the individual game, when you get the other worlds, you have at least one character all the time that can cross over with them. I mean, they're not really coming down, even on Amazon. Like Amazon! I mean, the like, home of family value! That's Wilkinson's. It's still like... <laughs> Yeah, just a bit. I mean, you can get the Lone Ranger for four pounds, but that was a terrible movie anyway. Yeah. So. Um. Well, uh, I think there's only one one thing left to say, really, and that's to raise a glass to the name of Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity is dead, d- dying. Long live Disney Infinity. There we go. There we go. Um, um, there's nothing in this glass. Or you can get the Guardians of the Galaxy playset for nine ninety five. That's good because on, re- on on release they were like thirty pounds. That's pretty good. It's a good set as well. We played some together. It's yeah, a pretty wicked set. The Spider Man set is still twenty five quid though. That was Spider Man, and also it's based on Ultimate Spider Man. So Disney XD viewers will still be asking for that stuff for Christmas, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, it's Spider Man and Nova, isn't it, with the level pack? Yeah. Um, right. Speaking of drinks, I, oh I'd yes, like, I'd like to tell you a tale. I followed your social media presence on this. Yeah, on Monday, Lucy and I. Lucy really gets uh, sort of. I guess mornings off and rarely will she get sort of like two days in a row off where it's like a two full days and she doesn't yeah. have to worry about an end of a shift or a start of a shift. So she had Monday off and she had Tuesday off. And we decided on Monday night, sod it. We're a bit like we're looking after our money at the moment, so we're not like splashing. I try and look after my money all the time. But we've got Otherwise, it just gets itself lost. Well, yes, but... <laughs> I flashed my mabbers! I've lost a pound! It's like a small child, just tie it to your wrist, or just keep very tight, tight hold of it, or it just buggers off. I call I call my wallet Jason. Jason! Jason! Um, so... Jason! 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 We're four cutscenes later, why is he still yelling it? Jason! But we realise that we have... 
bit of Jack Daniels in the house, got a bit of vodka in the house, and we thought, do you know what? Let's play a drinking game. And the reason I suggested that was because I found this brilliant tumbler, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. They don't know we're giving them a shout out, but I'm going to give them a shout out because they're we're worth not taking any money for this. We're not taking any money for this. We're already taking money and, from Marvel. And they're, oh yeah, wads of, wads of cachet. We don't need to take any money. And Wilkinson's apparently the home of family value. Yay. So, um, these guys have a very, very small following. Every single blog has only got about six notes maximum. So it's not, you know, they're, they're not quite well known, which is why I want to kind of boost the signal. But we played a drinking game to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because we'd been talking recently about, we've not watched it in ages. Let's do it. And I'd found this Tumblr just randomly scrolling through my Tumblr feed and someone had reblogged something of theirs. They're called Film Drunkies. As in Film Drunkies. But filmdrunkies.tumblr.com. They've been running since September 2014. They sporadically post. They'll sort of do a dump of posts. Maybe every two months. Um, as far as I can tell... Uh, <laughs> As far as I can tell, they are a couple called Stephen and Chris. Uh, problem drinking enthusiasts and disgusting lovers, they call themselves. We like to make recreational drinking regulation games for movies. Uh, and they rate everything. <laughs> their rating is amazing. Uh, their rating for everything is uh, how enjoyable something is. It's out of five Carol Channings. <laughs> And how difficult the drinking game based around said movie is, is out of five Stockard Channings. <laughs> so, just a warning, I know we have, I know we have a few, a few younger listeners, so I just want to reiterate now. Go to now, bed. Go to bed. Uh, and if you're under 18, we don't condone your involvement in any of this, but if you're over 18, please, good God, give this a go. Give because it a go. the other day, Lucy and I tried the Rocky Horror Picture Show drinking game. She with vodka, me with JD. And this, this is the sort of filth we were brought into. I had to copy the rules onto my phone so I could check them. So, this is the kind of rules we're talking about here. Yeah. We watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, 35th anniversary, UK version, because there's a US version. What's the difference? Apparently, the US version removes uh, superheroes at the end, removes... The closing from the um, criminologist and removes the slow reprise of science fiction over the end credits because uh, American film uh, censors at the time thought it was too downbeat. So in, in theirs, everyone dies. That's not what censors are for. Yeah, I know. Everyone dies. Someone at the body classification went, there's two damn beat. American audiences weren't like this. So they got rid of those ends. So basically, Frank gets shot, the house takes off. And then the credits play with an upbeat reprise of Time Warp playing over the end credits. That's it. But what happened to Brad and Janet? When the, exactly. <laughs> when the midnight screening started in the States, becoming regular, uh, they reissued, uh, like a print, like to, to make more copies of it and stuff to send out. And they accidentally did the UK one. So the US one was quickly eradicated. But for authenticity on the 35th anniversary Blu-ray, the US version is an option. Um, which is odd. But anyway. Also, the menu is made up of, like, f- fake film posters in the style of, like, 30s oh, brilliant. horrors. Brilliant. It's so good. Um, so, yeah. These were the rules for Rocky Horror Picture Show from the Film Drunkies Tumblr. One, drink whenever a song starts. So drink whenever they sing. If they ever do a musical, which they do quite often, that is always the first rule. When yeah. someone starts to sing, drink. Take a shot for the time warp. 
and finish your drink during Sweet Transvestite. If you know that movie, you know that you've just taken a shot and about 30, 40 seconds later, you're finishing a drink. Drink whenever something sexual happens. So, yeah, good luck. Uh, Drink consecutively more every time Dr. Frankenfurter bangs someone. (laughs) Which happens at least three times in the movie. Uh, Drink whenever Rocky grunts. Drink any time they say, and we limited this to oh, to to the rocker scene, because if you did this throughout the movie, you'd be dead. Drink whenever someone says Rocky or Janet. So God we we saved it for that. We saved it for that scene because at least then you could take a break when someone says Doctor Scott Brad. Like so you, you, have to, you, know, you have to like drink sporadically. Drink every time Brad says Damn it. So the opening number <laughs> is oh, script. Jesus. This one's a, current, a common occurrence in their stuff. Drink anytime Tim Curry slays. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that one's objective, because if you did it every time oh, he was ridiculously brilliant, madness. you'd be dead. Yeah, you'd, you'd just be drinking. You'd just be your drip feed. Drink whenever someone screams. Yeah. Which yeah. which is sort of like a fair... There's a fair gap between each yeah. one in that movie. Yeah. Drink heavy every time you see the criminologist. So every time the criminologist comes in, big old gulp. <laughs> Drinks are doubled if it... On this rewatch, I realised his scenes are my favourite. And I think it's just because suddenly that's when the genre changes. Mm. And you realise this is a horror science fiction movie for genuine because he, he's holding a book that says The Denton Affair. It's like, oh my God, there's more? This guy studied more. I want to know more. And it makes me wonder why shock treatment was about Brad and Janet and not about another case. Mm. But anyway, that's that's a whole other discussion for another time. Shock, shock, I like shock I've treatment. I've never seen shock treatment. It's, it's really good. It, it's, it's brilliant because it's, it was due to like writers strikes and, and, and film strikes and strikes and film companies at the time. The whole film was limited to inside a TV studio, but they made that part of the plot and it works quite well. Plus, um, Oh God, what's his name? Dame Edna Everidge. Barry Humphreys. He's in it and he's phenomenal. Um, uh, and also it's not a sequel. It just happens to have Brad and Janet in it. Awesome. It's like, okay, fair enough. Um, drinks are doubled if a scene doesn't take place in the castle. So basically, oh, damn it, Janet, okay, yeah. uh, there's a light, the, the old Frankenstein place number, uh, and, um, superheroes at the end because technically it doesn't take place in the castle. Okay. It takes place in the remains of the castle. Oh, okay. Also, the opening credits and the end credits. Yeah, all right. Uh, and all drink right. whenever it's weird or campy. Our advice, just don't put your drink down. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's weird and campy the whole way through. I got through a um, two full, two full like, big tumblers. You know our Adventure Time tumblers? Yeah, yeah. Two big tumblers of a double of Jack Daniels and Coke. As well as, eventually I ended up just taking a couple of shots. As well as shots of Jack Daniels. Um, by the end of it, I felt woozy as hell. We had to limit it so that, that drinks, like take a drink, were sips. Because they were happening that frequently. <laughs> we nearly died. So, thank you Film Drunkies for nearly killing me and my partner. I think you did excellent work there. To celebrate and to thank you, we're going to... Talk about a couple of your drinking games. And I want to see which ones you would play. I'm going to name films. I'm not going to name them all. But I'm going to name a bunch of films. Stop me if there's one you want to hear the rules for. Okay. And we'll have a look all at right. a few of them. Right. And I think we should have a go at some point. Okay. So, from their original posts, 
We already have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the drinking game. Jurassic Park, the drinking game. It's not a bad one, actually. Um, Mamma Mia, the drinking game. Absolutely not. (laughs) But maybe Aladdin, the drinking game. I don't want to watch watch Aladdin drunk. Well, do you? I want, like, 80s action movies. Do, Do you now? Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, it's what not so that? much an action movie. Brave Little Toaster, the drinking game. No, that's not an 80s action movie. Little Shop movie. of Horrors, the drinking mm. game. Well, that's a, that's a musical, so we'd definitely be drunk. We'd definitely we would be drunk. slaughtered. Um, um, the Mummy, the drinking game. This one's pretty good, actually. Mm. Mummy's quite good. Um, Pokemon, the first movie. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Adam's Family Values. Oh, right. I'm, God. This, this one I want to play. Oh, Adam's right, Family right. Values, the drinking game. Um, so, here we go. They rate this 4, 4.25 out of 5 Carol Channings for enjoyableness as a drinking game. Okay. Difficulty 3.5 out of 5 Stockard Channings. Alright. Um, the rules for Adam's Family Values the Drinking Game are drink whenever they say Debbie, which is a lot. Yep. Drink whenever Morticia and Gomez get frisky. Yep. Which is a lot. Drink whenever Angelica Houston slays. Yep, E.g. serves you to filth. Yep. Yeah. Four. Right. Drink whenever there is lightning or rain. Very drunk already. Drink whenever one of the family members has an unsuccessful encounter with normal people. Whole movie. <laughs> Take a drink when cousin it is on screen. Yeah. Best bits. Drink whenever Debbie is grossed out. Whole movie. Quite a lot. I mean, she gets engaged to Festa. So. Mm. Similarly, drink whenever Debbie is a bitch. Whole movie. Drink whenever Wednesday freaks out a normal kid. Oh, those camp scenes are so good. Take a lofty drink when the kids are re-educated. <laughs> Take a shot when it gets to Gomez and Morticia's dance number. Yes. Drink whenever the main theme song or melody plays. Mm-hmm. Drink whenever someone says Gomez. Mm-hmm. You'd be dead. Take a shot when Debbie says, move out of the road, because it's weird and hilarious. Yes. And drink whenever the kids try to harm the baby, yep. which is mostly in Act 1. You're dead. So you're, you're dead. dead. Um... What's nice is they always do a before and after. They always say you start it like this, and here we have a picture of Morticia in all her glory, and you'll finish it like this. We have a picture of Debbie <sighs> post-electric shock. Um, and they always end their things on a Simpsons quote as well, which I find quite, quite endearing. Um, we'll, have, we'll have a look at one or two more. Uh, oh, Child's Play. Child's Play, the drinking game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See yeah. what I mean? They're like two or three notes per thing. Like, they need more, because they do a full write-up of what they think of the movie, they make jokes, they do comparisons. Like, it's really funny. Child's Play, drinking game. Uh... Here we go. Enjoyable list, 3 out of 5. Difficulty, only 2.5 out of 5. Which, on one of their other blogs, uh, they, there was another one with a small rating, and they said, so basically, the sort of drinking game you'll play before you get up at, before you get up to work, go to work in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or before you go to church on a Sunday. Like, yeah. play this one. Child's play. Drink whenever someone says Chucky. Drink whenever someone dies. Drink whenever there is blood. Which is not often in the movie, no, actually. it's not a very bloody movie. Drink whenever someone swears. It's not a very sweary movie. Drink anytime Chucky raises his knife. Then that happens. So basically in the third act, you're going to be drinking a lot. Drink whenever they say good guy. Very drunk by the end. Drink whenever someone says Mrs. Barkley. Drink anytime someone says Andy. Drink Jesus. anytime someone says Niles Barkley. <laughs> I remember that's a weird one. I remember, I remember. Drink rule. anytime someone says Andy, that's a killer. Drink anytime they say toy or doll. Drink every, for, drink for every terrible 80s effect. All the effects in that movie is a great 80s effect, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's a rubbish one. Drink anytime Catherine Hicks overacts. Oh yeah. This, this, I think this should be a shot. <clears throat> drink whenever they say Eddie Caputo. Because his name is said in full about three or four times. I think a shot would be better. It's a fun name, though, isn't it? And drink whenever the camera's in Chucky's point of view. Yeah, that's a good one. And take a shot when Chucky kills that black man just because. Racists! Uh, they do point out in some of the Tim Burton drinking games, like, take a shot whenever you see a black person. Mm. Because you'll find out it doesn't happen very often. And you'll be surprised by the end of it. He doesn't like black men, does Tim Burton. Lucy and I... 
Right, okay. Like, clarify your statement uh, right now. <laughs> but it is, it's... There aren't many African-American no, I think, actors in Tim I, Burton I think that's fine. I think that's a fine statement. Lucy and I tried fine. the other day to figure it out, and I was like, who have we got? And we went through his entire filmography, and off the top of our heads, we could think of Harvey Dent in Batman, who is a prominent role. I think it's recast Batman forever. I think it's recast, but that's not Tim Burton's decision, so oh, whatever. Um, then, uh, apparently, the Doctor, who looks after uh, the elder version of the character in Big Fish. So you see a lot of him, but he's not a main character. Oh, There's Big a family Fish. in Mars Attacks. That's okay. about it. <laughs> That's okay. about it. Sam Jackson in the upcoming Miss Peregrine. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> there you go. Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children, the most Tim Burton tile there's ever been. And the worst trailer ever because it shows the whole film. Ooh, Hellraiser. <laughs> Raising Hell. Jesus wept. Here we go. Oh, Hellraiser the drinking game. I love the effects in Hellraiser. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. This movie, in short, is really, really dumb, so we can't figure out why it has more sequels than The Land Before Time. But it's considered a classic horror movie, so it fits in perfectly with our cliched spooky theme. Oh, they don't like it. Oh, well, that's enjoyability of the drinking game, I think. They don't like it. Drink no, they don't like the movie. Drink any time the movie's too stupid. Nope, that never happens. Drink any time they say Julia. Yeah, all right. Drink any time they say Larry. Yeah. Drink once for every Cenobite you see, every time they appear. Oh, that's nice. Drink whenever someone says body. Yeah. Ten second chug for the hallway slug monster. Yeah, I love that. You can see the fucking rigging behind it. Didn't anyone check the dailies that day? Fuck you. Drink whenever they mention sex or pleasure. Yeah, all the time. Drink consecutively more each time you see the box. Yes. Drink any time the movie is just too 80s to stand. It's, it's perfectly 80s. <laughs> it's, it, it's as 80s as, as it can possibly be. Because the day is long. Yeah. But let's, let's, it's that's 80s. one to check out. Muppet Christmas nope. Carol, the drinking game. No, nope. drink every good. time. He's got no eyes. He's got oh, no bloody eyes. Wait, they've got, um, I don't know if we've scrolled past it. They have Muppets Treasure Island, the drinking game, and that one sounds phenomenal. I don't want to go through all the drinking games, Christopher. We've got other things to talk about. Well, we don't have a drink, so we need to fix that. Yeah, exactly. Right now! No, we're not playing a drinking game right now. I think now. that's all of them, isn't it? But I want to give it a Catwoman, the drinking game's worth a look as well. Oh, and Moulin Rouge, the drinking game, because I can't stand that movie, and I feel it would make it more bearable there's, to me. There's not enough 80s action movies on there for my taste. A- Aliens was in there. Did you see Aliens? Yeah, I didn't say there weren't any, I said there weren't enough. Well, there you go. That is our. That is not only our shout-out to you, filmdrunkies.tumblr.com, but also our recommendation, some more 80s action movies. Like... Commando? Yes. Matt! I watched Commando the other, day, the other night, and um, it just got me in a bit of a Schwarzenegger kick. Commando, uh, like, right, hang on, let me, his character is John Merrick? John Matrix. John Matrix. John Merrick's the elephant man. Merrick's the elephant man. Oh, right. Can you imagine how he's going to the elephant man? <laughs> Let off some steam, baby. I am not an animal. I am a man. I am a man. No, do the voice, Arnold. I am doing the voice. It's my natural voice. I am the elephant man. Commando's fucking great. <laughs> Commando is a good it's movie. It's fucking great. Tell 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 those who don't know what Commando is the basic plot of Commando. Right. So because basic plot is the most perfect way to, to <laughs> sum up the plot of Commando. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is John Matrix, retired special forces dude, lives in the mountains with his with his little daughter Alyssa Milano <laughs> and then is so, Alyssa Milano, Milano playing the daughter yeah I did not know that and okay. then um, he gets uh, someone's knocking off members of his old unit so she gets kidnapped by um, uh, <laughs> by Freddie Mercury the campus band of mercenaries in the world <laughs> she gets kidnapped by Freddie Mercury on steroids <laughs> um, and <laughs> basically take like, a drink for accurate description <laughs> This this dictator who 
Annie helped the pose. It's like, you have to go back to the country I came from, that you deposed me from, and kill the guy you installed so I can take it over again. Or we're going to kill your daughter. And then they put him on a plane, and then at which point he escapes from the plane and then goes to kill everyone and get his daughter back. Like they completely ignore the subplot of the, the plot of him being like sent to Valverde, which is this fictional South American country, which gets referenced in other films. Does it? Yeah, it as gets, a nod to Commando. Uh, yeah, it gets referenced okay. in Predator and <laughs> uh, Die Hard, which was originally okay. uh, written as a as a Commando sequel. Um, Shit the bed, we'll really? That in a sec. Um, How odd. And uh, yeah, and then he just proceeds to kill everyone and. Somehow this this woman who he meets in the airport tags along for the ride, and he has a sidekick because it's the eighties action movie, <laughs> and they needed to put a woman in it for eye candy, I guess, so she never gets her boobs out, which is fine. I'm I'm, I'm definitely in support of of women not getting their boobs out for no reason on film, but it just strikes me that a film from that era didn't try and pull that trick. Um, Are you saying the eighties is just full of boobs? No, eighty five. It's like dead set in the middle of the eighties as well. Um, no, the re- the whole command- Die Hard be Commando 2 sequel thing is that Die Hard is based on a novel which is a sequel to another novel of which they made a movie starring Frank Sinatra. Okay. They optioned... So they asked the guy who wrote the novel to write another novel so they could option the movie rights for it. Right. Which, this is Fox. They did. Oh, okay. <laughs> they optioned the movie rights for it, offered it to Frank Sinatra, he didn't want to do it, went back into the vault. Okay. So... Then the guy who made Commando, the guy who wrote Commando, is looking for a sequel to Commando, digs out the script for this adaptation of this detective novel. And it's like, oh, we should make this. This could be a lot more explodey. We should make this, but we have to offer it to Frank Sinatra first. Frank Sinatra turns it down. gets briefly retooled into a, into a Commando sequel. Mm-hmm. Then Arnie turns it down. Then it gets made into Die Hard. How odd is that? It's really a odd. detective film retooled into a sequel to a film that is it's, completely not about detection nothing. and intellectual well, breakdowns kind of, of the criminal element. There's a point in the middle of the film where <laughs> Arnie kills Bill Duke's character without getting any information off him. So he has no idea where to go next. <laughs> so there's a sequence where they just search around his car until they find a clue. Okay, but... And they find like a receipt a, for airplane fuel. But so it's they not know a detective movie, though. No, no, no. But like, any, just, that's, like, that's like saying that Batman is the world's greatest detective and pointing to... Freaking like Affleck as as Batman, for example. It's like it's a bit more punchy Batman's than never, Detective. Batman's never very detective in the movies, though. No, well, that, there's that weird scene in the Dark Knight. There's where a bit he of it in the first Batman. There's a bit of it in the first Batman. Makes no sense. Yeah, that's stupid. There's, <laughs> there's a bit of it in the first Batman with like the com- products thing, but it misses out a crucial scene, the scene where he and Alfred go shopping, which I would have liked to have seen. It's a giant montage of them just like skipping around the richest shops in town. I hope they don't buy brand X. (laughs) Again and again. Um, Although in the 60s Batman there's a lot of detective work, and by detective work I mean they all stand around in the commissioner's office and they all like accidentally figure out who everyone is involved of, by Robin just sort of suggesting names. But it of, took place in the C. C. The letter C. Catwoman. <laughs> or they go back to the Batcave and use all the conspicuously labelled machines. Oh my god, I love them. I love Sixers <laughs> Batman so freaking much. Um, but yeah, um, no. Ca- Commander's not exactly, Commander's not exactly subtle. It's not, there's nothing, it's, it's so violent and macho with its tongue in cheek. And then all the homoerotic stuff with Bennett is like, 
<laughs> it's not intentional, but it's just so amplified by the fact that it's it's, it's Vernon Wells being like Freddie Mercury on steroids by his own words, um, in a costume that's too small for him because he replaced the original person who was cast as Bennett after six six weeks to filming. <laughs> oh, good God! Um, he was he, he had Vernon Wells auditioned for it, and then um, so he was like sort of maybe the second choice. Yeah, didn't get it, and then they fired this other dude. And was like Vernon, come and do it. We haven't got time to make a new costume for you, so just wear the old one. And he's got, so he's got these tight. But it's pants. really tight. Put it on, Ben. It's Bennett. really tight. It's really tight, mate. Oh, um, <laughs> put it on in a bath. <laughs> It'll be fine. He's, he's got these like really tight leather pants, like oh, a black knit shirt with like a grey knit vest over it. That's, yeah. like maybe supposed to be chainmail, but not. And like a biker necklace. It's so he's odd. got a Freddie Mercury moustache, and he loves knives. Um, I don't need a gun. I need a gun to kill you, John. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you now. Uh, but Vernon Wells, I mean, <laughs> if you've seen the Road Warrior, you know Vernon Wells can do outbursts like that because he's wears in the Road Warrior. He's the he's the assless chap's biker dude with the crossbow, and he has the whole bit in Road Warrior where he's like, "No, we go in now. We kill. Nimble talk. We kill." Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there's that whole bit for the Road Warrior. Um, so, you know, Vernon Wells can bring the thunder. In case you didn't know, Matt really <laughs> likes Mad Max movies. It's like, oh, it's so good. No! We kill! Um, what, what, what should your dogs of war be? <laughs> no, he doesn't say anything, he just says, soon my dog of war. Oh, uh, I thought it'd be still. See, that shows I'm how, be that's, still. That shows, that shows how much I need to rewatch. I'm still my dog of war. You must do it my way. Um, I like I like to retool classic catchphrases from eighties films good. just to sort maybe of, I can't remember if it is soon or be still just to make people feel weird. Because every time I think of that, I also think about the Star Wars, the Star Wars, the South Park uh, episode on queefing, <laughs> yeah. where the the woman who cuts down to queefs that speech was paraphrased. Oh, so I just have that in my head a lot of the time. I just like retooling eighties dialogue. Um, Did you see my stupid Twitter poll the other day? No. I asked everyone, what is best in life? And the options were crushing your enemies, driving them before you, or their women, lamenting. Lamenting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Commando's weird. Bennett's great. Um, like this, It's got some of the greatest 80s like comebacks just, or one-liners in for an action where film. Where Bennett's chasing Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Because she escapes from the room where she's been held. And he goes in to kill her and she's not there. She's chasing after her. And he's just mincing through the corridors. Like, it looks like he's walking on his tiptoes. He's got these super tight pants. <laughs> and they're really tight on him, so he looks really top-heavy and out of shape. Even though Vernon Wells isn't. Because you see, just look at him in the Road Warrior. He's just he's just being squeezed upwards. He's just yeah, being he's squeezed, squeezed and But it gives Bennett such a significant... The thing is, we all remember Bennett, if not for his performance... For what he looks like. Oh man. You'll never forget once you've you, seen no, him. No, he's a great, and he's not even supposed to be the, like, the, the dictator dude. He's not, he's not villain. the main villain. He's, he's like, the henchman. He's, he's, he's yeah. Jaws. He's odd, he's, he's odd job. Dan Hedaya is supposed to, is, is, plays the dictator dude. He's supposed to be the main villain and just gets chumped. Like, by Bennett. Straight up chumped. Let off some steam. By Bennett. Uh, in his shotgun. Arnie in oh, his, his uh, when he, that whole sequence where he's walking around firing the M60 machine gun and the belt gets longer in each sequence. <laughs> so every time you cut back to it, the belt is, the bullet belt is longer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This, this is, this is, knows how to act Arnie as well. This is Arnie who's not quite oh, on the level, no. not quite on the level um, where he can handle a leading role. 
that has a lot of dialogue. It was his first big role after the Terminator. But it, but that, yeah, but it's, it's after he started taking acting lessons because he was like, I need to up my game on this. If I'm going to do more of these, <sighs> I need to be better. He delivers some amazing one-liners in this. Just some fucking stellar <laughs> moments. Like the whole, everything is silly. <laughs> I like you, silly. You're a funny guy. So I'm going to kill you last. And when I promised to kill you last, Sally, yes, Red Matrix, you did. I lied. <laughs> Drops him. Why? <laughs> the second greatest dropping of someone it's seen so, in the yeah, 80s it's, after Robocop. It's a dummy, and it's just the sound <laughs> that the actor dubs over. you get the dummy in Commando in Robocop, you get the stop motion too long arm. Oh, thing. so good. The 80s has some great dummies dropping from the sky. So uh, the, the Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Yes! Oh, God. Like, That's so good. good I have a commando. Oh, I have a commando that. story. Can't tell me a commando story. So, a place I used to work. Uh, I won't say just you know for reasons, but it rhymes with Edia Bitty. Um, <laughs> there is there is a bar on site there. Again, I won't say the name, but it rhymes with uh, Ummanemanth. And um, all this will be clear if you just do some googling. Um, <laughs> there is a cinema screening room in this bar yeah. at this workplace. And when it first opened, myself and a colleague approached them with the idea of, hey, could we maybe, like, a bunch of us at work have all been talking about screening 80s films. We were in this big 80s action kick at the time. We said, like, let's, like we want to, like, find a place where we can all watch them. We were thinking maybe doing, like, one of our houses or something, having, like, a barbecue or something like that. But we went, no, let's ask the screening guys. We said, can we have your screening room? There's a screening room with seating room for about 25 people, and it's made up of couches and armchairs. And it's a cinema screen about as big as, sort of, like, as tall as a standard room in a house. And as wide as you'd imagine, proportionate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, where we're sat, from this wall in front of us, to maybe the door there. So, it's, it's de- you know, big screen, like it's a, a tiny old, cinema screen. It's a big old room. Tiny cinema, really comfy seats. And we said, could we maybe, and my colleague is the one who finally broke the deal, he said, could we, like, how much, is, how much does it cost to rent the screen? And they said it's, like, £300, basically, to rent it for two hours, for example. Yeah. We were like, oh, God, that's a lot. Even if we all chipped in. So what we did in the end was we said, look, if we all give you a fiver, that's at least sort of a hundred and something quid uh, toward the, the loaning of the screen. But it's early days, no one's using it yet, so it's not making money. So here's a hundred odd quid anyway. Plus, we're all coming straight from work, so we're all going to be buying drinks and we're all going to buy meals, because you can have meals at that bar and bring them into the screen. Yeah. So they were like, oh great, because that meant they were going to make at least 400, 500 quid that night off of this bunch of people watching the film. It happened. We made it happen, and my God, it was worth it because we picked Commando. That was so good. Which was amazing because I'd never so seen it in good. full. I'd only ever seen like oh, I, at that point. I'd only nice. ever seen like you know you tune into like Channel Four in the middle of the night and you catch the last forty-five minutes of it. That was my experience of Commando up to that point. About ten of the people there had never seen it, so they were in for a treat. We all just basically drunk lots of beer. Ate lots of like I, 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 I had like I had like I had like yeah. battered chicken like a burger chicken oh. burger with with a with a coleslaw thing and, and oh. all these chips yeah. and the salsa dip and and a couple pints and it was amazing yeah. it was just so and it was worth it just because at the beginning the montage with <laughs> with John and his daughter myself and the colleague I'm just gonna say his name because he does a brilliant like the Arnie impression impression Andy Day who older listeners may know because of their younger kids watching him on a certain 
Young Kids channel. Yeah. Andy Day and I spent that entire opening montage just making noises <laughs> that Arnold would be making in our heads at this point. <laughs> so they're eating the ice cream. It's like they're eating the ice cream. He gets someone his. He gets someone his nose, right? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like it's like oh, the ice cream. That's gonna oh oh. <laughs> we're just making these sounds we're all so we're all merry Man. enough at this point already we were all like two drinks in we were just pissing ourselves with laughter so it added this extra dimension and it made me go why can't we Rocky Horror this why can't Commando be a midnight movie with bizarre participation rituals because like, you could would, do that like, what would you participate in like cutting a dude's arm off everyone bring a balloon so that during the mid, like the use of the big minigun, everyone popped their balloon at the, the same time. Minigun. What was it called? The thing with the bloody strain of ammo that's the, the, the M60. The M60. Yeah, yeah. Get to that point, everyone bring a balloon, so that everyone pops their balloon like randomly throughout that yeah. moment, just so you can have the pops in the room. That whole, that whole battle sequence. At the end. Everyone have everyone buy ice cream at the respective theatre, so you can all get it on your nose during the opening credits. You can yell out the catchphrases and the one-liners as they happen. I'm not saying do Rocky Horror thing where like they shadow cast it, where they have like people performing it on stage in front of the screen, miming oh, to the soundtrack. No, 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 no. But if people want to come along dressed up in, in camouflage, they could more than do. It. Come on, if the room can do it, yeah, okay. Commando could do it. And at the end, if you had a Q and A with one of the filmmakers, you wouldn't be doing it the whole time, thinking, "Do they realise we think it's shit?" I don't understand. Mm. You'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe we've watched Commando with a load of other nutters who love Commando and here's like the screenwriter. This is amazing. It's so good. That'd be so cool. Um, little epilogue to the story. Uh, sorry, hang on, the police have found us. Yeah. Little epilogue to the story. They'll never take me alive! I don't need a gun! Little epilogue to the story. <laughs> After that night, we'd made them 500 odd pounds and we checked the bookings for this screen a couple of weeks later to see that they weren't getting regular bookings. What was happening was production companies might book it mm-hmm. during the day to screen something to someone. Um, so we were like, at night, nothing. And we were like, well, could we maybe do a regular thing of this? Like, mm-hmm. just like once a fortnight, we, 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 we give them some cash. We give them a small deposit from everyone. And then obviously we spend a lot of money on food. That'd be great. Let's yeah. do that. And because of how successful that first night was, when we went back to negotiate it, they immediately turned us away because they went, no, you'll pay, you'll pay 300 pounds. Because they obviously thought, well, they enjoyed it. They'll come back. It's like, well, we're not paying 300 pounds. No. 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 If we pay 300 pounds, we better all be getting oral sex whilst we're watching the movie. Because that that is a lot of money to spend when the last time we proved, look, we'll give you a third of that, more than a third of that toward the screen. And we will spend a lot of money on your food and drink. Okay. So we never did it again. No. I just see how that will put you off. Yeah. The screenings relocated to a small group of five of us to a, a, a sound engineer colleague's house where we would like, well, we will occasionally, still occasionally we'll just do a rallying call. One of us will put a text out and go, should we do it? Yeah. Because he's got a cinema room. Excellent. So we'll all have like chili and drink beer and watch Aliens or I think the last one, I think the last one we watched was... We need to have, uh, a, we need to have a swatching a season. We should do. Oh. What about Home oh. in the Barbarian? What about Red Heat? Oh my god. What about Raw Deal? Oh, I've never seen Raw Deal. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should keep you it should that watch way. It. It's not good. Oh god. Um, what's your favourite Arnie? We, we will do an Arnie special one oh, day. We'll have god. to. Um, but what's your favourite Arnie movie? I don't know. There's so many. I really like Predator. I really like Predator. Oh yes. Last Action Hero. That's great because not many like, people like it, but but I love it because it's so self-aware. 
It's so self-aware, and the casting of Arnie is perfect for that, because it's the ultimate, yes, we're trying to make this look like everything we're parodying. So we've got the guy from a bunch of the films this film is parodying. And the famous comedian, Arnold Braunschweiger. So good. Is that the one with oh, Stallone's The Terminator? Yeah, in, in, in the universe of the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character inhabits, Sylvester Stallone was the Terminator. And there's a, there's a movie poster of Sylvester Stallone in Terminator 2. It's as great, it's, it's the best movie. Um, but also, Robert Patrick's there as the T-1000 in a very brief cameo. As one of the police officers yeah. in um, Jack Slater, is it? Yeah, Jack Slater's precinct. Mm. Like they're all like cops. It's a it's a cartoon cat. Yeah, cop mm. and the T one thousand and like I'm pretty sure there's some police academy people. Here's there. a question: What? This is something that I want to follow up someday. No. Okay. Well, that's it for us this week. <laughs> I've always wondered. I've always wondered what character, what movie character, not actor. Yeah. What movie character has cameoed? in more properties than others because I think off the top of my head it's only two cameos and it's Robert Patrick as the T-1000 because he's definitely the T-1000 or the cop the T-1000 is trying to look like in um, Last Action Hero It in itself it's a reference to Terminator yeah mm-hmm. but he's the T-1000 that's who he looks like that's you know they give each other sort of like a knowing nod yeah. The T-1000 also cameos in Wayne's World 2. Yeah. In the bit with, have you seen this boy? And then he drives off. But that also begs the question, what cameos are in yeah. continuity with the movie they're from? Because you could, if you wanted to in your head, you link them all tie Wayne's World to Terminator 2 and say they exist in the same world. They do. Like you could, if you wanted to, you could say Casper takes place in the same world as Ghostbusters, but Ray's grown a mustache because that's Ray Stantz, that's Dan Aykroyd in yeah. full costume. Yeah, and and the ghosts in Casper are ridiculous looking, but so are the ghosts in Ghostbusters. They're all weird looking and strange. Mm-hmm. So you could buy it. I, I'm curious. I think we should I'll follow this up one day. I'll look into it because, um, good God, that would be that'd be an yeah. interesting one. That's, a, that's an, an interesting. Uh... And also, who has made the most cameo movie cameos? Full stop. Oh, Stanley. You know, I I'd have you to. Stand you'd have to Hitchcock. I was going to say you'd have to check Hitchcock because um, not just his own work; he cameos in other people's work yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, TV counts as well. Hitchcock appeared in a lot of like oh, Hitchcock presents stuff and other people's shows. Probably. So um, yeah, and also he cameoed in a lot of people's photos in the background in posh restaurants, filling up his jowls with three steaks and souffle. <laughs> um, I think I think <laughs> I I think we should I think we should move on to some questions. And yes, and call it a day because I don't know about you, but I could, I could kill for a Philly cheesesteak right now. And the best Philly cheesesteaks are available from I don't know, but I was just trying to see if we could get another sponsor. I could kill for a wee, and not like a console. Oh, like, I just need Have you finished your, your your drink? Yeah, just do it in there. Okay, do it in the glass. So a few questions from you guys that was asked uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you do want to get in touch, by the way, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at the Matty Watton at official CDJ or as we recommend to you, uh, do get in touch over Big Damn Cast email. We got an email this week, actually. We, we did get an email this week. Eager Beaver. We, got, we got an email! To the Big Damn Cast, uh, Big Damn Contact at gmail.com. Um, it, just get in touch with us there, boys and girls, because by Jove, we will definitely reply to you if you do it there, because we can get access to the inbox. If we do it to our Twitter, we might miss it, you see. Mm. But here's a few tweet ones uh, that 
have been put forward to us, and they're very superhero related. Yeah. Uh, what would your powers be if you were a superhero? That's a pretty common one. Um, the problem is, you're asking two massive nerds, so we're always going to pick obscure superpowers that would benefit our, us or people around us very easily. So, reality warping powers, I guess? Too easy. It is too easy, but then you can cover the whole gamut. Okay, let's okay, let's narrow, let's narrow it down. Narrows it down. Narrows it down. Calcium narrows it down. Um, simple power, like basic, basic, because all superpowers. But like you know, sort of the, the standards, for example. So like you know, um, like fire powers or flight or super strength. Like we have to pick something along those lines, and it can't be a power that necessarily fills in other powers and makes other powers a possibility. So reality warping we can't do. If you've got to pick from the simple lot, I'm going to pick flying. Because it would be an amazing sensation. Yeah. Flying's good. And you could beat all I... traffic. You could beat traffic forever. Mm. Like I, I, wore, I, got a, I got a gig on Monday, a voice gig, and I walked to it. And just to see if I could do it. Because normally I'd get the bus to this place and then walk the rest of the distance. It took me an hour and 35 minutes to walk there. I was knackered when I arrived. Yeah. And on the way back, I did the half walk, half bus thing instead. But worth it, exercise. But also, if I could have flo- flown, man, if I could have flown right there, right there. I'd like a healing factor like Wolverine's. Ooh. Be forever young, well, forever middle-aged in Grizzly. It'd also be helpful because then you have a cat. Yeah. Get scratched up a lot. I I have scars all over my wrists and legs that from months ago, like well, two months just, ago um, from the cat. I just like be throwing myself at buildings all the time just for the walls. Oh, so you want a Captain Jack esque healing factor? No, like, I don't. No, like you just like not at all. Building. I mean, he got exploded. He got blown into a skeleton and regenerated slowly. Uh, you think? Did. Yeah. Well, he got blown to like a fleck of skin, didn't he? Yeah, regenerated. yeah. Wolverine's healing factor got crazy, and then took it away from him. And then they decided. No, we won't mutilate Wolverine. Silly. We'll mutilate Deadpool from now on, and we'll let yeah. Wolverine occasionally get injured badly. What else you got? Uh, we've got one from, oh, that was from Nervesphere Game. Hey, Nervesphere, Nervesphere Game. Daniel Potter, aka Lego Bookworm, asks, awesome. Lego Marvel superheroes or Lego DC superheroes? I guess talking to games. Um, um, so Lego Batman versus Lego Marvel. Lego Marvel. There's not much in it, though. I'm going to say Lego Batman, specifically Lego Batman 3. Because the levels oh, are great. Yeah. The levels okay. are great. The Easter eggs are great. The DLC was fun and the range of characters was the best. I, I prefer Lego Marvel Superheroes to Lego Batman and Lego Batman 2, but it's not, it's not much in it. It's pretty close. They're, mm. they're all pretty great. Marvel Superheroes is a good one. Lego Marvel Avengers, not so much. No, Lego Marvel that, Avengers yeah. is fine. But it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's very well made, but it feels like a retool of Lego Marvel Superheroes yeah. with more movie centric missions yeah. and things like that. And some very obscure characters to fill in the gaps that won't like won't tie into the copyright for you. Like original Human Torch brackets Jim Hammond. Yeah. Whereas obviously Marvel Superheroes, <laughs> Lego Marvel Superheroes, you've got you can have the X Men, you can have Fantastic Four, and there's no copyright issues around it. Um, but yeah, if we're talking actual Lego sets, the Batman ones are pretty cool. I'm about to sell a bat- batch actually, but I'm going to keep Arkham Asylum and the Batcave because they're too good. I don't want to get rid of Arkham Asylum; it's beautiful. Mm. But the others, I'm just like I like them, but I've now put them away to make room. And I don't care that I've put them away, so I may as well put them on sale. Yes. Um, someone can exactly. get some happiness. They've, they've continued. Lego Batman now is Lego DC in mm-hmm. terms of the sets. Um, Lego DC Universe. But they all, almost sense. all of them still have a Batman in it in some way. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know. No one, no, they can't tell any good stories. No one else is compelling. Magnet Suit Batman. 
What? Night Strike Batman. <laughs> Sonar Blades Batman. If they released Zebra Print Batman, I would get it. I've seen the figures of the, the, the Rainbow Batman. Oh. That's still very storyline. It's quite, it's quite yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it goes with And, uh, what's our email question, sorry? What's the... Uh, Dan Rawlings sent in... Hey, Dan! I've just started watching Preacher right now, and so far I'm enjoying it. Like, you clearly enjoyed putting all of them in, as you mentioned in the podcast. <laughs> Cassidy is awesome. Do you think that Joseph Gilgan would make a good Joker? <gasps> Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna say yes, because it's a possibility now that you could do him in the CW shows. Is it, though? Because mm. no one... Though, we've got Tyler... Superman is in Supergirl. We've got Tyler... With his massive ass. Tyler Hunklins. Tyler, what you gonna do with all that junk, all that junk inside that trunk? Hunklins. Hunklins. Tyler Hunklins. Who looks pretty cool, It actually. looks like a great Superman, looks yeah. looks damn cool. That selfie uh, with the young kid taking a selfie with him mm. is one of the sweetest pictures. And it's also nice to see Superman. Smiling. Yeah. <laughs> And also wearing um, heels with his big bum. Yeah, boy. Um, um, super ass. Uh, but in that way, in the world where we can have Superman, I don't see why... And Rachel Gould's been in Arrow. I don't see why one of these wouldn't at least go like, all right, for a season finale in one of these shows, let's have the Joker. Let's just do it. He's because can't D- have joke without Batman. And you need Batman. Well, maybe that's how you do it. They would never give you Batman. Oh, I don't know. If Su- ne- they were never going to see Batman. Not, Superman's not a regular in Supergirl. He's we, appearing for a story. I'm never going to see Batman in one of those shows. We could totally see Joker. We're though. not going to see Batman. We could see Joker. I have no interest in Joker without Batman. I do. Why? I do. Why? I do. What is Joker without Batman? Because if you threw Joker in, say, Flash, you would legitimately give him a deadly threat to contend with. I'm not saying the Flash villains aren't deadly, but it's kind that's of there's, there's the a cartoony nature. For. Oh my god! You're telling me you would pass up the opportunity to do an episode where the Joker meets the trickster, where you would have Mark Hamill's trickster with the Joker in it, so technically you have two Jokers in yeah. it. That would be awesome. I'd pass that up if it wasn't a Batman in it. I would happily cast if there Cassidy wasn't as the Joker. Oh yeah, Joseph Gilgan's great. I well that's how you tie it, that's but, how you yeah. tie Batman in. That's how you tie Batman in and make the the network happy without breaching their sort of like thing. Have Batman be the dude who rocks up at the very end, who's like, all right, I'm yeah, taking you I'll in. I'll do that, I'll do that. Because then you can do him half-shadowed, you can do fan service, it's sort of like a little highlight. There was Batman, he exists in this universe. I'd be happy with that. We know he exists, because a bunch of his villains have been put away and shown up in other shows. Um, apparently, he's, he's the person who put away all the Suicide Squad villains. That's his tie to the movie. Mm. He's the one who imprisoned them all. Yeah. I mean, after have to watch season two of Arrow, though, and I don't want to make that commitment. No one wants to make that commitment. Oh, no, I mean in um, Suicide Squad in the film. Oh, yeah, in the film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman's had the off-handed mentions in the CW Yeah, well, show. we know he exists in the films. He's set in the same universe as Batman vs. Barry Superman. You plum! <laughs> and finally, from Reese Charles. Hello, Reese. How you doing? Reese says, who's your favourite supervillain and why? Uh, we, we could do a whole episode on that, so let's do a short version of that now. Joker's my favourite supervillain. Doctor Doom. Cool. Yeah, great choice. Um, I freaking love Doctor Doom. And I wish the world knew why he was so cool outside of the people who know why he's so cool. I wish more people could find out how cool that is. Oh, God. And who would be your ideal actor or actress to play them? Um, So that ties in with what we were saying before about Dwayne Johnson as Craven would be amazing. Dwayne Johnson as Craven would be fabulous. Who's your ideal Doom? I don't know. 
I don't know anyone who has that. We've done Joker to death. I'm not going to make a suggestion. We've done Joker suggestions I, to I, death. We've I all heard them. I don't know who has that sort of just arrogance and confidence and megalomaniacal sheer force <laughs> of personality. Like, he, Doobie's a force. Like, you, need to, you need to. You need to. All right, let's try and narrow it down. Doom. I think Doom needs to be an older actor because you need the gravitas. He certainly needs to be middle aged. Yes. Uh, well, well, late thirties at the youngest. At the youngest. At yeah. The youngest. Put put it there as a. Pin. And that's if you're doing like. He's the same age. He's the same age as Reed Richards. So whoever Reed Richards is, he needs to be the same. age So as Reed that. needs. Let's put it here. Reed needs to be in his late thirties, early forties yeah. because he's more interesting at that angle. Sue yeah. and Reed are more interesting when they are older. Um. And Doom is interesting. Doom needs to have the age to bring the wisdom, make gravitas. the wisdom and the gravitas available. But at the same time, they're so also masks. So you need somebody with a damn good voice. I think Benedict Cumberbatch would have been a good Doom before he was Doctor Strange. If yeah, uh, based on the voice. But then again, he's not got. He's, he's, but then you don't see his face. You don't see. No, the face. that's true. But well, but that, yeah, but that's the thing. You want. You'll have to pick an actor who's okay with being covered. And I think there are ones out. I think if you turn around to like Ian McShane. And said, I want you to play Dr. Doom. He's a little too old. He's a little too old, but if it was all voice and less physical action... Mars Mickelson would have been an amazing dude. Mickelson would have been good. Oh, shit. Damn it. All the good people have been cast. Yeah. Um, Because, uh, hmm. again, if we, were, if we were going off voice alone, like, it's, like I mean, hell, as an animated one, like, McKellen as a voice would be damn good for Doom. Yeah. But maybe for, maybe for an animated property. Um, because obviously we'll all associate him with. I mean, again, like similarly, Patrick Stewart would make a good voice for Doom. Yeah. Um, shit, son. Um, but we need a physical actor. Yeah. Because he's in that big suit of art, an mm. actual, an actual proper Doctor Doom, not like the. They've done Doctor Doom on on film twice. Three times. Well, it's same. It's Julian. No, 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 the 94 Roger Corman movie. The 94 Roger Corman movie is apparently quite a faithful doom, but I haven't mm. seen it. But, he's, but, but the it's ones sort I've of seen, low budget. I've seen the, the two Fantastic Four movies that Tim Story made. Yeah. And they were, they balls with doom. Doom was a pretty boy millionaire. I hear. Who had electric powers. I hear that they absolutely fucked doom in mm. Fantastic Four Because again, if you told me, to, if you said to me, right, Marvel are making a Fantastic Four movie and Toby Kebbell's going to play doom, I go, oh. Okay. All right, all right. Like, he's not like my, oh, brilliant, that's perfect, but I'd be like, interesting. And I think he signed on for Fantastic because yeah. he was like, oh my god, I'm going to play Doctor Doom. I'm there. And instead played a yeah, a, a hacker blogger called hacker, yeah. Victor Domashev, who they, they then changed back post, to yeah. Doom. Which Doom. doesn't make sense because if your version's a hacker, stupid, fair stupid. enough, give him a new name, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, Spacey would have been a great Doom. <gasps> Spacey! I think you might be a little old for it now. But he's, he would I think be, he might yeah. play it a little too similar to some of his other roles, is, though. But be, I'd, mm. I'd, 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 I'd like that. Anyone who can do a good Lex Luthor can do a good Doom, really. And Gene Hackman is too. Is it Clancy Brown? Doctor Doom, the greatest criminal mind of Clancy Brown. They'd never, they'd never do it. Clancy Brown, but Clancy Brown would be damn fine. The problem oh. is Clancy Brown would have to buff the fuff up. No, he's wearing armor. Yeah, but still, Doom's got to have kind of that sort of triangular shouldered thing going still. on. Give him stilts. He doesn't need um, him. Fancy Brown's like seven foot eighty-five yeah, exactly. million meters tall. Yeah, exactly. um, Tits on a biscuit. Reese, yeah. this is a good question. Damn you! I have to think about Doctor Doom because that's a, it's such a difficult character to cast. Oh man! Because you're not you're not going to see his face, and he's but you still got to have ridiculous presence. 
However, Dwayne Johnson as Craven the Hunter, yes, that'd yeah, be that's, that's fantastic. That would be so the best good. thing I've ever said in my life. One, one criminally uh, untapped potential when it comes to casting a supervillain. One thing that we probably, I don't think Sam Raimi's ever confirmed it, but it was heavily rumoured oh, that we would have seen. No, well, that would have been fun, but I think it's a little obvious, as weird as that sounds. I think they've just gone, who's bald? John Malkovich. It'll do. And also, Anne Hathaway was going to be Black Cat, which is clearly, yeah, right. which is clearly like why she aced the audition for Catwoman because she auditioned for Catwoman for Nolan and got it, yeah. and it's because she had already prepared physicality stuff, I guess, for Black Cat. She'd already prepared the slinky oh, femme fatale thing, yeah, but but then Felicia Hardy was going to be the vultureess instead of the Black Cat after a certain point in production, which I think was a studio thing. They were like, no, we want her to be doing the same thing, so it'd be cool. Silly, um, silly, silly, silly. But. Uh, rumour was Act 1 would have featured a minor villain and it would have been Mysterio as played by Bruce Campbell. That would have been his cameo in Spider-Man 4 which makes so much sense. Oh yes. Makes so much sense because Bruce can play arrogant and pomp and bluster with a completely pathetic edge to it. Would it have been revealed that all the Bruce Campbell cameos in the previous Spider-Man films were all Mysterio just fucking with Peter Parker? Well... Because I would love that. That would be magical. I would love that. But I think if you were going to pick one of his people to be... um, Like, the French maitre d' is a little harder, but you could say that the ring announcer and the usher were the same dude. Because yeah. he's clearly he's yeah. got he likes performance. He's there like he's there in the wrestling ring. He's performing. He's the you know, he's, he's, he's the announcer, ring announcer. He's spider. It sucks. It sucks. That's the best you got. Um, and and he's and he's he's yeah, he's obviously an usher, usher at a theatre, which usually, if you ask ninety percent of ushers at theatres are actors. Yeah. So it, you know it's like Quentin Beck getting into film and theatre special effects. Maybe maybe he tries a prosthetic mustache and an accent and becomes a French waiter for a year. <laughs> like maybe he does and then he goes screw this it's not working I'm going to rob a bank give me that fishbowl oh, oh the fishbowl the fishbowl full of the dreams fishbowl. I love the fishbowl so much and on that note that beautiful note <laughs> we're going to call it a day for this week um, the like, amazing the terrifying the sensational Spider-Man his name's the human spider he said my name wrong. Bonesaw is ready. I got you for three minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let's go to playtime. Yeah, let's go. Oh, well, steady on. <laughs> Catch us throughout the week on Twitter, ArtificialCDJ, and at the Matty Watts. Yeah. You can also uh, email us anytime, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, why not comment below on YouTube, SoundCloud, or. Head on over to iTunes, motherfucker. Leave us a review. Leave us subscribe. a rating. Subscribe. You can now get us directly to the podcast app on your uh, Apple devices, Android devices, uh, and take us wherever you want. The moment an episode drops, you could be on the bus, and there we are, in your ears, fiddling about. Dirty that. That looked really weird. Get out my ears! Get out! But I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. More like one hour and 35 minutes. Oh! Oh! Bye. <laughs>